hey audience how's it how's it going so uh okay wait hold on let me i walked it. into i walked into nick's room one time and he was having uh he was having sex with a porcupine and i was like nick what the fuck and he was like hey man gotta do what you gotta do and then i left and i called the police but when they came they said hey that's not illegal you can fuck a porcupine if you want that is illegal it's bestiality not not in new york new york por- I, for, the I police said was the police joke. said fuck porcupine i thought it was going to have a punchline and then it just didn't thank you so much welcome to tldr today we're going to be talking about movies movies and more movies Guys, welcome to another episode of TLDR. I'm in a... The podcast that'll make you say, what did I click on? Fuck, I, this isn't what I wanted. Guys, we just watched La La Land. Nick, you have to introduce everyone first. No, no. Uh, that's you... Nick, that's Will, I'm Steven, and that's Pete. Thanks Woo! very much for watching. Hey. We just watched La La Land, and it was so good. It's really good. It's a super good movie. Super good. How should we go about talking about this movie? Like, well, Nick, we haven't discussed this before. We're... What I think we're going to do without discussing it priorly is we're going to have a spoiler-free section. So, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so but we will yeah. have, we'll have one regardless. Yeah, so if you're if you're listening and you haven't seen the movie, that's okay. We're going to have no, a section. No, 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 no. It's not okay. Pause the podcast and go watch the movie. Right, but if you are if you insist on listening to the podcast without seeing the movie and you're, you decide to do that with your life... You're probably my parents. Go ahead. Same. Go ahead and um, just listen to the podcast until we say there are spoilers. I think what we're going to do is... We could just gush for like two hours about the movie. I yeah. would. Uh, that would. That would be. Maybe we limit it. We we were gonna limit it though. I think we'll we'll go over like favorite least favorite thing about the movie, and then we'll go into like some specific aspects of the production that we really like. And that will be the spoiler section. And most that likely. will be yeah. That'll be the spoiler section. So, I think favorite least favorite is probably a good spoiler thing. So let's just talk about you know how will how would you convince someone to see this movie. If they don't like musicals or if they're not sure about seeing it, what do you tell someone when they want to see this movie? Peter has a thing. Well, I would open with the fact that Ryan Gosling looks good in every color suit ever. (laughs) So, and he can do no wrong. And I would also say that if you enjoyed Damien Chazelle's last movie, which was Whiplash, which I think a lot of people did, then I think that you will enjoy this one because... Although it's different, very different in terms of the style, it's a musical, obviously, Whiplash was not, I think that he, as a director, has some really great uh, artistic and creative visions, and I think that he did a very good job um, with a lot of the tracking shots, a lot of the camera movements, and overall just with the direction of the performances, every, everything about it is, is fantastic, but if you enjoy the leads, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, and his last movie, which was Whiplash, once again, you will enjoy this movie. But Peter, I'm Nick's dad, and I don't like movies, and I haven't seen Whiplash, and I don't really know who those actors are. Why should I watch it? Because (laughs) the music itself is fantastic. Okay, the songs themselves are great. And also because it sort of... I don't know. It, it The color palette, like I said, is gorgeous. The, it, it looks great. And I feel like it kind of just does a great job of capturing the sort of Hollywood Boulevard type feel of Los Angeles, even from its opening scene to its final ending credits. I think it does a good job portraying the city. I can't say for sure because I'm not an L.A. native, but it does I, a good job of portraying the city. But, but I think it does a pretty good job. Uh, Will, what do you think about the movie? What would you tell someone who wants to watch the movie? I mean... Peter just said everything basically, but yeah, it's sorry about that. No, it's just a it's a just a really well made movie. The, the, even if you don't like musicals or you don't know who the actors are or the director, it's just the cinematography is fantastic. The the costume design is fantastic. The acting is great. There's I mean, it's just everything about the movie is essentially good. And it's just an enchanting movie. I think is one of the best ways to put it, right? Yeah. Like yes, it's oh, it's a good movie on all these technical levels, but you know. A lot of times when I watch a movie, maybe just because of the kind of person I am, I'm like, oh, yes, that was a good thing that would make people feel this thing. And I recognize it for that. But very rarely is a piece of media able to actually make me feel things. It just makes me recognize that there is emotion in a scene. However, La La Land made me feel so many things because not only are their performances good, right? Because a good performance is only half of it. Mm-hmm. Most of the people who win, you know, best actor, best actress, like uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone did at the Golden Globes, um, the main thing that's holding their performance up is 
solid writing behind it. And I think La La Land gives Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone so many opportunities to show how good performers they are, often without even giving them dialogue. So much of the movie has no one talking in it, but still conveys so much of a story. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that the performances, like I said, are, are just brilliant and fantastic. And a lot of the emotions are felt, like you said, without dialogue. If you watch the trailers for it, if you just watch the trailers and that's it, you can kind of already see that. Because in the trailers, they do put in some great scenes where it's just, you know, Ryan Gosling looking really defeated and distraught and Emma Stone looking really wistful <laughs> and hopeful. Um, and yeah, overall, the performances are just But the, the, the trailer... Ah, that's good. The, the trailers make it... All right, anyway, oh, well, let's uh, let I'm Steven talk. Okay, yeah, let's not like... musical. Okay, musical. I'm going to use the word musical, but I don't mean musical as the genre. I mean musical, the word. I'm a very musical-oriented person, right? So I'm going to say, like, my, my biggest recommendation or the biggest way I could recommend this movie is by saying that this is a movie where simultaneously you could sing along to what is going on and you could also just close your eyes and listen to it, right? And it's, like, both at the same time somehow. And, like, because, mm. like, so many of the parts are just, like, so the music... Like so, so much of the movie is just music, and it's so good music. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. screw words yeah. and grammar. It, the music is good. Okay, <laughs> the soundtrack and, will get stuck in your head. Yeah, and, and to speak to that real quick, literally, we just got back from watching the movie. However, before we did, we were uh, in our building, and literally, I think this is a testament to the music. Like, I was able to sit down, and within like maybe five or seven minutes, like. And I've been playing piano all my life. Like, I was able to play a lot of the music, not because, like, I'm a good pianist, because I don't, I don't know, I'm, like, pretty average, but because the music is, is, is one of those things where it's very simple, right? Just a lot of piano, a lot of very simple melodies with, like, a jazz undertone to it, yet it's still so, like, meaningful, emotional, well-written, well-played by Ryan Gosling, who learned to play piano for this movie. Wait, um, did he actually? Yeah, three months. Took wow. him three months. Wow, that's great. Yeah, so dude, it took him three months to yeah. learn piano. Yeah, he like, was pretty impressive for three months. At, is he just good at everything? Yeah. He he's an well, amazing uh, human he, being. He is in a band yeah, already. He does sing. I yeah, know that. right. He's musical. He learned to play jazz, and and you know just the the fact that any random jerk with a piano is able to sit down and and play it is shows that it's simple, effective music writing. Yet it still conveys such a good story. You know, props to whoever wrote the music for this mm. film. It's it's so engaging and enchanting and interesting. Yeah. Because he is Ryan Gosling, though, they did probably have like a really, really good professional pianist coming oh, down and, and, and teach him. So that made it yeah. probably way easier. But to his credit, that's really impressive that he did that for this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to, I mean, listen, don't listen to the soundtrack before you see the movie, but if you're not going to see the movie, at least give some of the, the songs a try. That'll convince you to listen and to And what's them. weird is a lot of the songs, this isn't like a traditional musical where there's just songs and they're all kind of separate and they have their own lyrics and every there's it's about jazz and because of that I think this the soundtrack is kind of a little bit improv-y where it's a lot of them have the same bass layer of melody but just the outer stuff has changed and, and I have a lot to say about that once we get into the spoiler section right um however just uh one one more thing about my personal experience watching this movie uh, this is one of the first movies in a long time that I went in with no trailers and no information about the movie. Everyone just said it's a really good movie. So I had expectations for the movie in terms of quality, but I did not have expectations in terms of plot. You know, I, I hadn't seen any trailers or anything. Uh, that experience going into this movie was very, very positive, and it was really, really nice like and refreshing almost to just have a story and experience the story, because it's a very good story, Um without knowing what'll happen or where it will go. Because a lot of trailers give away a lot of the story. You know, I was like, okay, like halfway through the movie, I was like, okay, like what's the conflict going to be? What's going to happen? You know, and that increased my level of engagement with the film. So, you know, if you have the opportunity to go in without seeing a trailer, I highly recommend it, I think. You know, the the visuals will totally stun you if you haven't seen a trailer. I'd say that about most movies, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm going to start doing that for more movies, I think. I just don't actively seek out trailers and i think it it works out better for me i only do for like star wars and superhero stuff yeah uh, the logan trailer the logan trailer is really good the logan trailer <laughs> is like a little a little piece of art in and of itself that yeah, was fucking it really amazing. was well both of them there was another one that came out and both yeah. of them i think used 
I mean, now we're going off on another tangent about Logan, but <laughs> <laughs> trailers in general, I think, can be very effective if they don't give away the movie. Which, right. like, for example, the Logan trailers do not, but I do watch trailers for well, a lot of movies. And there's stuff I know about the Logan movie that I wouldn't know otherwise. That, that well, I don't. I mean, that I wish I didn't trailers know. Trailers will do yeah. it regardless, yeah. but some of it, some trailers do it way better than others, where not the whole entire plot of the movie is spoiled. You know, I don't yeah. well, know I mean, what's gonna happen. I don't know if I don't know if this is spoilers, but it, it, I don't think it is. It's not in Logan the trailer. There's a character death that they show us that like they just they just tell us that someone's dead. And it's there's only one character that it could be. If right. you don't know who we're talking about, you won't. If you do, you totally understand what. Wait, we're I saying. saw the trailers and I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, well then I will stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, in one of the trailers, there's a, like the very last thing that they show is like a someone a character death. This is the and second trailer. A, no, this is the first one with the Johnny Cash. Oh really? Uh, song. Uh-huh. I've seen that trailer like maybe ten times and I still have no idea what you're talking. About. All right, well, if you watch it again looking for it at the very end, you'll know what we're talking about. But yeah. what I was going to say, though, just generally about trailers is that I watch a lot of them because I just can't control myself. Like, when a trailer comes out for a movie that I'm excited about, I watch it. And just to see if it is going to be, I think, as good as I want it to be. So I did that a lot for Rogue One when it came out. I did that a lot for... I do that a lot for superhero see, movies. I didn't see I, any Rogue One trailers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that was way better. You know, that system is way better objectively, going in not knowing anything. Yeah. But um, the problem with modern trailers... And trailers didn't used to do this. I think that trailers spoiling the whole movie is a fairly recent phenomenon. And they, they used to be way better about it. They would just kind of give you a sense of the vibe of the movie, what it was going to be kind of about, but they didn't overtly be like, here's the plot, which I think a lot of trailers do nowadays, and it sucks, because you're like, okay, well, the movie's still going to be good, I'll still see it, but, you know, it, it just it ruins the experience a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to move into spoilers. Yeah, I think we're going to move into spoilers, so I'll put a time code in the description for where to skip to if you haven't seen the movie. If you have seen the movie, however... Uh, now we're going to go into specific discussions about the movie. So the first thing that I kind of really want to talk about for this movie is the ending. I know that's not the normal way to go, but it's like mm-hmm. it's what's just most fresh on my mind about this movie. Oh, yeah, it deserves to be talked about. Like, oh, my God, guys. I was very affected by the ending of this movie. Yeah. I, it, My immediate reaction was, "What? this is the stupidest thing to do. But then I kind of thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, the story makes sense for this, even though... Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I feel like with the ending, the story is kind of, yeah, you know, life happens and there's things that happen and then they go away. But that wasn't necessarily a recurring thing in the movie, the rest of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I would argue that it kind of is. I think that the way that Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone meet in the movie multiple times is kind of a way of being like, hey, life is crazy and random sometimes and you don't really know. And they, of course, them meeting multiple times like that is pretty serendipitous and movie-esque. But I think that it's it was a little bit unconventional. The first time they met was on the highway, right, at the mm-hmm. very beginning. And then she, see, you know, she hears him at the club later and he's kind of a dick and brushes past her and doesn't say anything. And then, you know, they finally do end up talking when he's just in that stupid band that plays 80s songs at at a party you know so i think that uh, some of the movie at least in the beginning was kind of like hey life is weird and i think that the ending of the movie while it portrays that in a different way it portrays it in a negative light more than a positive one like the beginning of the movie did it's still the same message of like life you can't really predict life you know and sometimes things do work out and sometimes they don't and i think that in if this were a more cliche movie it would have done the thing where they just end up together at the end and everything's hunky dory. But realistically, I mean, that's not realistic. Yeah. Right, and this is this is this is a musical that's like set in the real world. Exactly. Which is I, another reason I think they had the ending like that is because it's just it, it. There's music and people randomly dance and there's a section where they float, but like everything else is is basically realistic. So they had to end it somewhat realistic. I almost feel like the scenes when the unrealistic happens like when they float when she starts singing in her audition whatever else i feel like those almost represent going into the minds of the characters Definitely. whenever whenever the song starts and it's like something like that that that's not what's actually happening that's going into their minds yeah. while the dialogue which is like you know a lot of the movie is silent in terms of like dialogue but the parts where there is dialogue that's very very much grounded you know the scene when they're walking in the studios or when they're um 
you know, the scenes where they're eating dinner together, or even when he starts playing, um, starts playing the song, and she sits down and sings with him, before it leads into all those fantastical right. things. Even that is grounded in reality. I think the movie does a really good job of being like, you know, musicals and that, those, that kind of thing is not an aspect of the past. It can be grounded and real. And I think that's really, really good. What are your thoughts? So I wanted to say, like, I think there's two parts to a lot of movies, right? And there's the there's the plot part and there's the art part, right? So like in a lot of movies, there's like music and plot are like separate. And some movies are really good in the ways they, they meld. But in this movie, especially like because of the genre, right? Music and plot are really um, meshing. But I think they just do it so well in that music is so integral to the plot. But then the plot is also part of the music. And I just think I, I just love that so much about the movie. Right. Yeah, they mesh really well together, which I think is one of the movie's greatest strengths. Is well, that it's also a musical about music. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that kind of yeah, the, works in. The, the plot pushes the movie forward. That's oh, right. What? <laughs> the the music pushes the plot forward. It's not, oh, here's the plot, now here's a break for a song, and here's the rest of the plot. The songs are part of the plot. And I know that that's something that all musicals technically should have, but as like a, a film rendition of a musical, this does it really well. Yeah, and I think that there are some songs that kind of just serve to, to like we kind of mentioned earlier, take us into the mind of the characters. Like when they separate and Ryan Gosling has that scene where he's singing City of Stars by himself on the boardwalk. Yeah. That whole thing, I mean, you could argue that that doesn't necessarily advance the plot, but it definitely takes us into his head and it's kind of a melancholy song. So he's wondering, is this going to work out with this girl? Are we going to be together? It's looking good now, but I'm not sure. That kind of a thing. And it's at the same time, you know, the tone of it is sad, but also kind of happy too. Like the the song itself is this, I don't know, introspective, it, it, almost introspective, right? Yeah. It's a great. I love it. I think it's one of my favorites in the in the movie. But I think that that moment is a great example of the songs conveying the emotions of the the characters in the film. And and while we're talking about music, there's a lot of cinematic stuff. I also want to talk about. Uh, just a brief thing on music that Steven and I were discussing earlier. Um, so there, there's essentially two ways that uh, one composing music for a movie, not not just a musical, but really any movie with a soundtrack, uh, can approach it. Either you make music based on the event or you make music based on the feeling, character, group of characters, etc. Um, for example, Marvel movies have like a theme for each thing that happens, like when the Avengers are... Uh, fighting off the aliens, there's one thing, and when they're all being friends, there's another right. thing, whatever. Uh, and then there's movies like Lord of the Rings, where you know there's the Shire theme, there's the Rohan theme, there's the Gondor theme, there's uh, you know the right. Mordor theme. Right, like in Lord of the Rings, you could if someone says the Hobbit music, I know what they're talking about. Exactly. If someone says what's Iron Man's song, I don't know what he, besides like ACDC, like come on, mm-hmm. yeah, I know I don't yeah. know what they're talking. What Iron Man's song is right? That's good movie music <laughs> right. and bad movie music. <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, for example, if you look at Lord of the Rings, right, like the the song you'll think about when you think about like, you know, Legolas, Aragorn and Gimli running through New Zealand looking for Merry and Pippin. Right. Um, that music isn't necessarily it's not really a titled song or a piece of the soundtrack. Rather, it's a motif that appears over and over again in those situations. Same with the Gondor theme. There's like the White City or the Minas Tirith song, which has that theme. And then the Lighting of the Beacons soundtrack. Uh, from Return of the King, which has the Gondor theme and the Rohan theme, or at the ending when Aragorn is going through and everyone's bowing to him and he bows to the hobbits, you know, all the themes sort of meld together as they go through those different characters. And, you know, that's an example of there there being not necessarily a whole lot of specific uh, s- pieces of melody, but rather it's a way of arranging and rearranging and mixing that creates a different situation and lets you really feel for the you know, the, the characters and situations happening. And that's something that La La Land does really well. There's maybe, you know, there's a couple, like, standalone songs that are really good. And then there's, like, you know, three or four, like, you know, City of Stars and Me and Sebastian's theme and stuff like that where they keep reoccurring, but they're different every time and different depending on the situation. So the yeah. melody doesn't inform the situation. The, the arrangement informs the situation. Right. Yeah, there's a whole one called Epilogue, which is literally that whole ending sequence of the what could have been thing once again getting into spoilers here 
um, in that whole sequence that takes you through the alternate scenario in which they do end up together, there it's an amalgamation of all of the songs from the movie melded into one song. And it takes you through almost the entire plot of the movie in that one to two minute thing of them being together before finally landing on that somber final note of Ryan Gosling sitting at, alone at the piano in his jazz club so i think that that's a really cool way to have your soundtrack like you know just put it all together for the end and and leave it at that i think that that's really really cool can we just restate what nick said at that right while peter was talking nick what do you say there i said i cried at the end you said what i cried Speak at the end closer to the all microphone, right here let, let let's let, <laughs> let let's have a talk real quick i've cried at a movie twice in my life okay i'm not necessarily a very emotional person regarding movies um, the the first time Peter will know this. The first time I cried to a movie was a few months ago. The Martian. When, wait, wait, don't spoil. <laughs> I was really sick. Such a weird movie no, to sh- cry hold to. Hold on, dude. hold on. I was <laughs> sick. I was very sick. I had been sick for like a couple weeks. I what I had taken like like I was coughing. I had taken cough syrup and a bunch of other medicine that the doctor had told me to take. And I was just in a weakened state mentally and physically. Uh, and I was like in bed in the corner, curled up with like 50,000 blankets on me. And I had my laptop and I was watching The Martian. Uh, and then the ending of The Martian, like not the very ending, but spoilers for The Martian, like he's about to go up into space. And then he, Matt Damon hears a voice uh, of like another human being for the first time in like a Murph. year and a half. <laughs> he hears a voice. It's the bookcase. <laughs> he hears a voice for the first time, and then he starts crying, and he's like, "I'll see you guys in a few." And then like the soundtrack swells, and and then I just like I lost it, and then I went to Peter, who's my roommate or sweetmate, and I was like, "Peter, Matt Damon's such a good actor." So that's I was like, first, "I know." That was the, that was the first time, and I wasn't like like <laughs> crying, but I was just like I had tears in my eyes. Uh, this movie, the the, the ending, uh, when, see, the thing is, I was like, oh, yeah, cool, she's going to get the part, they're going to be together, and then it's like five years later, she kisses another dude, it's not him, and then I was like, oh, fuck, and I got really sad, and then... Well, the, the, what, what what made it sadder to me was, 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 the, showed... was the baby. They oh, had yeah. a baby, which means she can't just be like, just kidding. Like, like she did with the other yeah. dude, which is like, poor that guy. I feel bad well, for him. Oh, by the way, that though. actor, I'm fairly certain, is was the same the actor from The Big, Big Short. Short. Yeah, I told, yeah. yeah, I mentioned yeah. this to Will. And he was also in um, in American Horror Story. Yeah, he was oh, the same yeah, that's, character that's right. in The Big Short as he is in this movie. He's yeah. Just a guy with a lot of money. Just a guy. Uh, just a guy. Nougie guy. He, he was just a guy, yeah. But um, anyways, and then... And then so that made me like, oh, and then they showed like the what could have been part, and I'm just like, why wasn't this the whole movie? Goddamn! And then, uh, and then, and then there's the ending scene, and like I, I, by this point, I knew exactly what the ending scene would be, right? Like they're gonna look at each other, cause that's like a kind of cliche way, but a very good way to end this. And then it happened, and then I like I, I quietly lost it, and then it ended, and then like I wiped the tears from my eyes, and then you know what was like, really emotional was when Ryan Gosling looks directly at her and says, really like quietly and weekly welcome to Sebs. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. And the, the the smile he gives her at the end where like they don't need to talk to each other. Yeah. I, I'm glad yeah. Because yeah. they both went through that same that that flashback scene to what could have been. Yeah. They both were going through that at the exactly. same time. I, that was that's so another cool. example of like music showing what could have mm-hmm. happened like like the the mind rather than what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Holy on, the, shit. on the subject of you know crying at movies and soundtracks <laughs> oh, and whatnot yeah. That's a reason for me why I think that uh, Pixar movies affect me so much is probably the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's always that moment, like you mentioned earlier, where the soundtrack kind of swells and everything leads up to like the one final note. It's just, I don't know. There, I think maybe there's something within like human brains where we, whenever we hear stuff like that, we're hardwired to feel something. I don't know. It's it's I. It always happens to me. Most recent time it happened to me with a Pixar movie was Inside, Inside Out, Out, which was the moment which I think everyone still haven't seen Inside w- Out. Great. Okay. Whoa, whoa, Will well, watch yeah. Inside Out. Inside Out's a great movie. There's a moment. I'm not going to spoil it for Will here because he hasn't seen it. But seen but there's this one and Stephen. But there's this <laughs> one so moment good. towards the very end where I think like the majority of the audience started oh, tearing yeah. up and I definitely started tearing up and it's, good, it, it, it's a combination of what's happening in the movie plus the soundtrack yeah. I've, I... I've only cried in one movie ever and it was when I was like five years old maybe six and it was not okay so you know how recently they re- they made these like 
fucking terrible chipmunks movies. Oh, Alvin the Alvin and the Chipmunks? With David Cross? Where is this going with? It's not those. It's not those. There, there used to be an animated on VHS, on VHS, like, Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. Yeah, the animated one. Where they went around the world. And there Wasn't was a, there also and a there show? Was a scene, there was a scene where a penguin, a little baby penguin, a got, penguin, got separated from its mother, and they had to, like, fly it back to Alaska. And it was sad, and I shed one tear as a six-year-old, and then my parents made fun of me for it, Aww. and I've never cried in a and movie And you've been hardened again. by okay. that experience. <laughs> when okay, I was... Let me say, let me... Can I, let, yeah, go ahead. I have two things. I have two things. First, on the top of crying, um, I, no shame, everyone. I cry every time Boromir dies, and he's talking to Aragorn. He's oh like, yeah, he's like, I would have followed you anywhere. I'm like, yeah, you would, the, John the, B. The, the my John my B. brother, my king part. Yeah, just fucking extended edition, especially everywhere. because they give Boromir such a better character. Yeah. we're gonna spend a whole episode talking about the extended, the Lord of the Rings. Once Will watches it, hi, I've um, seen it. Yeah. Sean Bean <laughs> dies in everything he's in because it's the universe's way of paying That's us true. back for his name not rhyming. <laughs> That's Seen uh, <laughs> Bean. See, if it, if his name was Seen Bean, he'd be alive in every single thing he's in. One more thing say, that right? Stephen had to say. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Okay, second thing, I want to bring everything together and just gush over the movie uh, another time. Is one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when uh, they're in the the what's it called in the like the observatory. Yeah. Right with the space and they go floating. Huge okay. LA landmark. Put, bringing everything together. Griffith. A, the music in that scene is just so fucking good, and there's no lyrics. It's so incredible how like how powerful music can be without lyrics, and like so many people just don't even realize that. Um, two, it reminds me of Disney because um, if you if you remember the part in the scene where they're dancing just in space, but they're like on a flat line and it's just their silhouettes dancing, mm-hmm. that just very much reminded me of a Disney scene with like the prince and the princess dancing, yeah. right? It reminded me of the scene in, in the animated Beauty and the Beast when they're dancing in the mm-hmm. hall. Yeah, it's just, it's just, and like just, I, I don't know as, as much about uh, cinematography and movies and stuff as, as Will does, and I guess hey, Nick does because Will does film and TV in college. Spoiler alert, Will is a film and TV major Ooh. in college. <laughs> But cool like, dad. but like, I I just know that like, there's something about that scene that's good. I don't know how to name it, but I just know there's something about the scene that's really good. Uh, yeah. So you know, while if we're moving to cinematography, um, I have two things to say, major points, and then a bunch of small things that are great. But I'll just stick with those two. Um, the first thing, like, this movie does wonders, which is like another word for like you know single shots that don't cut. Uh, really, really well. The beginning, you know, you're watching it and you're like, "Oh, it's so cool!" And there's a, it's a wonder, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's a wonder." But then, as the movie goes on, it it does a really good job of putting in wonders, but not being like, "Hey, look at this wonder! It's really good cinematography." Hey, you know, which a lot of movies right, do. Right. And so you're watching it and you're engrossed in the story and the music and the feeling of it all. And then after the scene is over, you're like, "Oh wait." That was a wonder. That was all one take. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, props to the filmmakers for that. Well, I'm sure they hit mm-hmm. a lot of really sneaky cuts in there. Oh, I'm but, sure. I'm sure but, they but did like, too. it looked great. Yeah, like the, the way, way that they. Really yeah, and, and I'm sure that they filmed a lot of it. Um, you know. I- I think that they avoided the problem that the movie Birdman had, if you've seen Birdman, because yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the it's all the whole movie is like a one-shot thing, mm-hmm. but it just seems so gimmicky when you're watching yeah. it that it takes you out of the movie, and you're like, okay, they, clearly this is impressive, well, but they did this kind of to impress us. You should us, watch um, you know? Alfred Hitchcock had a movie. Maybe it's called Rope. I don't, I don't know. Oh, mm-hmm. I know what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually five shots because the cameras couldn't record for long enough. But he he hides the cuts, and it's it's one of the, it's maybe the first movie that's all supposed to be one shot, and it's really yeah. interesting mm-hmm. to watch. Um, so so that's one thing. Like the wonders are great, very very well done, very much not uh, focused on where the director's like, look at me, I'm a good director. Um, even though he's a very good director. Uh, the second thing I is, I think this is an example of a of a musical as a movie done right, because what it does is you know. A lot of parts of the movie, like, you know, the part where they're, she's wearing the yellow dress and they're on the sunset, uh, you know, like, a, is an example you of know, this like, where, you know, the camera stays on one side and it's just moving back and forth across the scenery as if you're watching a, uh, a stage. Or when they're, um, you know, whenever one of them starts singing, 
the lights actually dim and they actually shine a light on them. Yeah, it's it's all practical lighting. It's all practical effects. It's great. Yeah, and, and, and in doing that, it's like, oh, it's like I'm watching a play or a, a musical on a stage. But it also takes advantage of its medium whenever it can, you know, either by moving the camera around a lot, by, by changing the focus, you know, a lot of things like that where – it's an example of it's not only trying to look like a play and it's also or a musical and it's not also just like, oh, I'm just going to make this with a movie with songs. It does a really good job of keeping you in that feeling of, um, you know, watching a musical. Yeah, for sure. I think that it definitely it feels like it all the way through is is the main point is it, it doesn't it, it balances and walks that fine line of both movie and musical. And you feel like it's both. You don't feel like it's heavily one or the other. Um and that's a, that's really good because not many other projects in the past have tried to do this. I mean, this is the first one I can think of that's like a like an original movie musical. There have been movie musicals that have been adapted from stage musicals, and those are good. But this is the I mean, if there are others, then I'm unaware of them. But this one I think is the first one where I was like, oh, an original movie and musical, and it feels like it could have been, a, you know, a stage thing that's just adapted it was so good there are a lot of those in like early kind of 50s era mm-hmm. but recently there have not been any as far as i can remember so that's cool yeah and yeah, i yeah. think i think we're gonna have to try to wrap this up in a minute yeah but, yeah, yeah. Um, we've been talking about la la like, land for like a have, solid like, half hour final thoughts? <laughs> i think that i will not be surprised at all so if you don't know la la land is the most nominated movie in history, tied with uh, Titanic and a couple other movies. Okay, a couple other movies. Yeah, um, it it's got something. I don't know. It's got it's a lot. It's nominated of... for. It's tied for the most nominated. Yeah. Awards, I guess. I don't know. And it's not been nominated for uh, for best picture. Uh, let's. Tra- we're gonna transition like right now into a conversation about Oscar nominations. Um, I'll get out my laptop and we can look at it. Nice segue, Nick. Very nice segue. Okay. You might as well be on a fucking tour. <laughs> Hold of New on. York I'm City touring. Right now. I'm I'm touring <laughs> the Great Wall of China on this segue. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good quote. Speaking of segues, uh, Oscar nominations. Right. So I well, I was I was, was going to say I will not be surprised if like this wins best costume, best picture, best directing, best is going to win best, best soundtrack for sure. Best soundtrack. Best cinematography. Very clear choice. Best director. Uh, this is probably like a top contender for every single one of those categories. Oh, yeah, no. If we've right. learned anything, Damien Chazelle literally propelled Miles Teller into stardom with Whiplash. Yeah. So, you know, he, his movies are that caliber. Like, if you're in one of his movies, you're going to have a good career. <laughs> Absolutely. And so here's the thing about before we get into like a specific conversation about the specific movies involved. Uh, this is just something I want to mention that a lot of people don't know about. Um, and it's the reason that movies that are good, but not necessarily super amazing, um, like Argo comes to mind, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, it, even though it's one of my favorite movies, it, I don't think it like necessarily should have won Best Picture in the year that it won. So something about the way that Oscar voting works is it's actually not just like everyone votes and then the one with the most votes wins. What happens is all the nominations are... Uh, like sort of ranked every member of the academy puts like a one two three four five etc and then if you know the ones have like one of the movies has more than 50 percent of people put a one on it cool that movie wins however if it's not a majority not like a half plus one then the lowest movie all the people that put ones on there those are taken out and they look at those twos and they redistribute the votes until someone has a majority what this means is that you know the movies that have the most support as this is the best movie often don't win. Rather, the movies that win are the movies that everyone thinks is pretty good. Um, there's a really good article about this. If I can find it, I'll link it in the description. But it talks about how what this means is that a lot of the time, movies about movies are are what are sort of nominated and win. Uh, an example of this is Argo, which I mentioned earlier. You know, What happens is you put the movie that you really, really like that's sort of outstanding first – and then next you're like, oh, I related to this. It's about the industry that I work in. Put that second. Um, I I see a very high probability of this happening with La La Land because even if if one of the other movies, uh, a lot of which I haven't seen, gets more than half, then that's not going to happen. But I feel like if it goes to a runoff, then La La Land is very, very, very likely to win uh, simply because of the way that the voting system works. Um what are all of your thoughts both on like La La Land winning and also on the voting system that the Academy uses? It deserves to win. I don't think that the voting system is 
necessarily a bad idea because it's it's best best picture is a pretty blanket statement like you know it it's the best movie of the year so if it's something that some people really like but not everyone kind of likes it doesn't deserve to win best picture i'll say i'll say this much i don't know how much i like the best picture category right because we were talking about this earlier and comparing la la land to like other best picture movies and like I, I, just, I, like, saw Gladiator from 2000, one best picture. And think, compare La La Land to Gladiator. They're so different. How could they possibly be in the same category for best picture? Or, like, The Artist, right. which was a silent film that won a few years ago, right? Yeah. I think that, well, it just depends. I don't know. It depends on what people feel is new and exciting and unique. I think that La La Land, in that sense, has a good chance of winning because it certainly is a really unique movie and very well made. I think that it's that was definitely the case with The Artist because, I mean, when was the last time a silent film was made, you know? And right. no, nonetheless, like, one that was good, you know? So I think that, like Will said, Best Picture is kind of a blanket statement and it can apply to any sort of variety of movie. And, you know, it what exactly does best picture entail is kind of a question that I don't know the answer to. It's just, I feel it's like, you know, something that people feel a movie is unique in some way and therefore it deserves the the nomination and the win. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, and yeah, like I feel like some, uh, categories like production design, cinematography, editing, director, soundtrack, those are all very much more like concrete and objective right, than, right. Um, than best picture is. Uh, I want to talk briefly about actor and actress in a leading role uh, because Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone were both nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both won at the Golden Globes. They both won at the Golden Globes. And, you know, I haven't seen a lot of the other movies that have these nominations. Uh, but m- my first thought, and I think this points Maybe we to... we should list the people. Yeah, okay. So for actor in um, a leading role, we have Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea, which I hear is very good, but I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge. Which I also heard was very good. Yeah, and Andrew Garfield's a, like, a very good actor. Ryan Gosling for La La Land. Viggo, about it. Uh, yeah, Viggo Mortensen, who's uh, who plays Aragorn in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I didn't even know he was in a movie. Yeah, movie. he was in a movie called Captain Fantastic. Is that good? Um, hmm. I, I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I, I've seen that one, actually. It's pretty good. It's good? Yeah, I and like then it. Denzel Washington for Fences. I did see that. It's a good movie? The, uh, first of all, it's based on a play. If you guys okay. didn't know that, um, oh, I've heard a of long the play. time ago. Yeah. I read the play. Um, the movie is is really good. Uh, I think it fit the play really well. And then Denzel Washington obviously was great as, as Denzel Washington usually. Yeah, is. Yes. Denzel He's Washington good does. <laughs> and um, for actress in a leading role, we have uh, Isabel Huppert for uh, uh, the movie L. I don't know either of those things. That's Ellie, I think. Ellie, yeah. Uh, I don't know who that is. And then uh, Ruth uh, Niga. <laughs> I'm not gonna skip that. How do you pronounce that name? That's Nega. Right. I don't think it's Nega. I think it's Nega, Nick. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh my God. Really, this is bad. Ruth Nega? Really, Nick? Ruth Nega for loving. Guys, <laughs> stop laughing. We cannot draw attention. Loving is a fantastic just, just film. Do it, just do it again. Ruth Nega for loving. Uh, Natalie Portman for Jackie, which I've heard is really good. I she went to my high school. Natalie Portman? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Did she uh, go to your high school when you were in high school? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm 10 years older than I actually am. Uh, Emma Stone for La La Land, and then Meryl Streep for her 25 millionth uh, Oscar nomination for Florence Foster Jenkins, which is a movie I haven't heard of, and it's just Meryl Streep's going to keep on getting nominated until she dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those are actually really good picks, I have right. to say. Um, yeah. Was there... Was Mahershala Ali on that list? No. No. Okay. I I know that Moonlight is also nominated for a uh, lot. He, of he's stuff. actor in a supporting role. Oh, he's supporting role. Yes. Okay. Um, Just like he's he's very good. But I think that a lot of those are are good nominations. I would say the yeah. the movies that are listed and the actors and actresses that are listed are very talented. All of them. I think that La La Land obviously got a huge spotlight put on it coming out at the end of the year, and it is a fantastic film. But I don't think it's going to sweep necessarily because it's in competition with a lot of other movies that are fantastic. Right. And I think specifically mm-hmm. with uh, actor and actress in a leading role, like first of all, there are like zero supporting roles in this movie. Um, but also with Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, like I feel like you know they they did really good performances. They they did a very good job. However, I, I I've seen like other movies I've seen with actors and actresses who have won Best Actor and Actress, you know. They, I don't feel like their performances alone compared to it. I feel like what really pushed them 
forward and what made them seem really good is that they were given excellent, excellent writing to work with. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. what made the performances seem good. Right. Damien Damien Chazelle is a is a really good writer and a really good director. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what really pushed the movie to I don't, be to be so great. I, I don't think that their like their performances were really good, but you know, uh, like Emma Watson was one of the people they were talking about putting instead of Emma Stone. I feel like it would have been as good with her, right? Can True. I? First of all, I don't, I don't agree with I don't, that I don't, sentiment. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, no, I think Emma Stone is way better than Emma Watson. Uh, but can I just throw a hypothetical at everyone? Sure. Okay, let's say one of those, one of Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling won, and one of them lost. Which would you be more surprised by? I would be more surprised. I don't know. I feel like Ryan Gosling is. Could win. He he he. I feel like he has a better chance. But like, I don't want to sound like we're saying that Emma Stone's performance wasn't good or not even like it was great. Mm-hmm. It, it's just she's in competition with some very good, um, like actresses this year. Yeah. And, and like Emma Stone, if you're listening, which I know you're not, like you were so good in this movie. <laughs> Emma Stone, if you're listening, my name is Stephen Friedman. My number is <laughs> call me <laughs> on the off <laughs> chance that you are tuning in right now. Although. The thing is, the the thing is, she she is very very good in this movie. She's (laughs) up against um, are she she and Andrew Garfield still dating? Because Andrew Garfield's also up for a nomination for Hacksaw Ridge. They were for a while during during Spider Man. They were dating in Spider Man. Yeah, and they were were dating. They were also dating in real life. And they had no Um, chemistry in Spider Man. What the fuck? (laughs) But um, and she's too attractive for him. What? But also, basically, what I was gonna say was that Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, for for example. In some of the other movies that are nominated, he put on a southern accent with a huge southern twang and drawl for that whole movie, and also plays a soldier. Like, can you picture yeah. Andrew Garfield as a, like a soldier? I think that's very impressive. Well, he, play, he plays a guy who doesn't want to be a soldier, and then right. he won't shoot people. I don't think <laughs> either of them are going to win. If I could, like, I haven't seen a lot of the other performances. I also, I don't know. I think you're wrong. I, I think they're both going to win. Really? Yeah. I, could I, see, I think I, I think could the, see one of them winning. The actor in Moonlight. I don't know his name. Mahershala Ali win. is a fantastic. But he's actor. nominated for a supporting no, role. No, no, so the the, yeah. the lead in. Well, he's not nominated. Well, you're right. He's for... not even nominated. Yeah. That's weird. That's I liked him weird. a lot. Yeah, and they could have put more people. Because technically, uh, yes, the, the, the lead in Moonlight was not nominated, which I think is strange. But technically, it's three leads because that movie is three vignettes of a person's life, starting from when right, he's a right. child and going when he's an adult. Yep. Oh, interesting. So it, it's, it's one when he's a child, one when he's a teenager, one when he's an adult. So it's three different actors playing the lead role. Um, and then Mahershala Ali is a supporting character in the first vignette when he's a child. So that's why he's he's in the supporting role nomination because he's like a consistent actor. But the they can't nominate all three. Gotcha. Um, well, obviously. And if they nominated one over the others, it would be unfair. Is Meryl so, Streep finally going to get an Oscar? Probably not. Can I? Uh, Nick, can you pull up the Golden Globe nominations? Yeah, sure. I want to see the did they beat them. Because I know... Um, uh, La La Land like swept the Golden Globes, right? Yeah. I want to see. I'm pretty sure did they did. beat the same people sure, at the Golden sure. Globes as the Oscars? Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The Golden Globes versus the Oscars. I don't know. I think that um, it, it, they're two kind of different because they categorize beasts. differently. Yeah, they categorize right, things differently. Right. So I think that they're two different yeah. sort of ways of voting. People have different opinions. Um, yeah. So like Casey Affleck was not competing. With Ryan Gosling, and they both won because he won for a drama. Uh, Casey Affleck won for a drama. Ryan Gosling won for musical. Musical. So, right. like the people that Ryan Gosling beat, are actually not nominated for anything else in the Oscars. Right. You got That's Colin Farrell for The Lobster. Hugh Grant for Florence Foster Jenkins. Jordan Can I say Hill The Lobster? Fantastic. Yeah, the Lobster is great. And, and then Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool. Like Ryan Gosling clearly beats all these people, but he's also not competing with uh, other people who are nominated. Emma Stone, on the other hand, beat Meryl Streep, who was nominated, mm-hmm. and then none of the other nominations uh, were given Oscars. Who won? Who won Best Actress for a Drama? Uh, it's scroll up. It's up. Best Actress yeah. for Drama was Isabel Huppert for Ellie, which we talked about earlier. Right. So I think I think if you look at that, right, yeah. I think Ryan Gosling and Casey Affleck are the two competitors. Exactly. Casey there. Affleck beat Denzel Washington, Viggo Mortensen, and Andrew Garfield, uh, all of whom are nominated in the Best Actor category so like you know casey affleck so i feel like casey affleck i i mean of course the academy and golden Globes are totally different that means it's less likely however that andrew garfield Viggo mortensen and denzel washington will win so it might be a toss-up between casey affleck for manchester by the sea and ryan gosling for la la land Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i think it's that's interesting once again because 
best actor, you know, best lead actor in the Oscars, it's much more of a generalization, you know? Yeah. That's a tough pick because Ryan Gosling and Andrew Gar- um not Andrew Garfield, Casey Affleck, are both incredible in their respective roles, but they're very different, like you mentioned. You know, Manchester by the Sea is also a fantastic film and a fantastic drama, and I feel like maybe Casey Affleck is going to take that because, once again, Gosling has already won for the Golden Globe, like the Golden Globe for that, and I think that if it comes down to the two of them, Manchester has gotten so much praise and Affleck has gotten so much praise that I would actually kind of be shocked if Gosling beat him out for the Oscar. Yeah, once again, Ryan Gosling did a really good job. There weren't any specific moments that stood out like, oh, look at this really good acting that he's doing. It was more of, look at how well he makes you believe that he's the character throughout the whole movie. Yeah, Do you guys disagree? Yeah, I, guess, right. yeah, I agree with that. I think you're right. I, think I, I, you're don't, right. I can't think of a specific standout moment, even though all of it was pretty good. When he's at the piano, I think his... Like yeah. his yes, especially because he's actually playing the piano while yeah. portraying those emotions. Mm-hmm. That's really good acting, right? right. I have to right. say. Yeah. With Emma Stone, I don't know if I can say the same thing because she does have a couple standout moments. For example, uh, you know, the, the song she sings at the end yeah. uh, with the audition. Very good emotion in that song. Yeah. Um, you know, also, she probably did a really good job um, just like whenever she was singing, really. However... The argument scene was pretty good. Yeah, like... The argument scene was excellent for both of them, right, really. Right. But, you know, a lot of the time, I I, I just don't know if, I, I think maybe one of them will win. Uh, I, I, will, I will be surprised, but not completely blown away if both of them win. Yeah. Also, contender um, could be Natalie Portman for Jackie, which as a historical film has also gotten a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Because I think that, I, I actually, this is a, funny story i gave my parents two tickets to go see jackie for christmas because i knew that they are both very big fans of historical nonfiction and especially movies that are historical nonfiction. um so basically they went to see it one weekend and they came back and told me that it was really good natalie portman does a fantastic job as jackie kennedy takes place over the course of one week, literally only one week, right after JFK is assassinated. Mm-hmm. And they, what they said, though, is that although she was really good in the movie as Jackie and portrays her incredibly accurately, the movie itself feels like it's lacking some sort of substance right. precisely because it's taking place in that short time frame of one week. Yeah. You know, it's like, of course... There's the initial, there's the assassination, there's the initial mourning period, and then there's the sort of, um, you know, her recovery, and it shows that she was a very, very strong woman and a strong first lady, but the film apparently itself, just in terms of the structure, felt like it was lacking. So that's another thing, is that the actors versus the films that they're in, I don't know how yeah. that's weighted, you know? I think Like so. their individual right, performance right. versus... <laughs> the overall movie. I think that the obviously the lead actor and actress should be focused on just them. Yes. But I don't know if that's always the case. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, mm-hmm. th- like I said earlier, you know, I feel like the the writing that's given to them is a really big proponent. And I think if Ryan Gosling and Emma component, Stone Component, you mean? Yeah, sorry, component. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone had uh, delivered the same caliber of performance with a weaker script, I do not think they would have been nominated. I agree. Um, I, I think we've spent a lot of time talking about the actor and actress category. Let's go through some other categories, um, you know, both in which La La Land has and hasn't been nominated. Um, cinematography, I, I think La La Land is a good contender for this one, but there's mm-hmm. also Arrival, Lion, which is a very good movie, according to my parents, Moonlight, and Silence. Silence mm-hmm. has great cinematography. Really? Yeah. Do you think it's up, like, up it, there with it, La La Land? It could be better. I don't know. Okay. I, I mean, not that it... I think La La Land, it's different, mm-hmm. because La La Land is kind of a... W- w- when you really notice the cinematography, it's in all of the kind of exciting or fun scenes, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. at, at least most of the time and in silence silence is a very kind of just grim movie mm-hmm. so it's it's different okay. yeah but they're both good and also like moonlight for cinematography like i said because of the kind of unique style of it being three Absolutely. different the stories three that's that's a cool sort of way of telling a story so 
that could also be kind of a, a thing to watch out for as well. Yeah, uh, we got costume design. Uh, Fantastic Beasts has been nominated, which is that's uh, that's interesting. I yeah. think that that's yeah. good. I mean, like Harry, it, it's it's good costume design. It's uh, what we come yeah. to expect from a Harry Potter movie, and also that fits the period perfectly. Yeah, and I mean, also mm. I like how they distinguish between English and American uh, wizard. Oh movie. yeah, I mean, obviously it was good costume design. But it was just like the same stuff yeah. from La La the other Land movies. I still liked it. Some though. really cool. The theater that we watched it at, uh, the Union Square Regal, actually has the dress and suit that Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling wore. Wait, in... like not just a replica? Not like that, an actual that they one? wore those suits. Yeah, those are wow. the. Wait, those that's are the, the actual one. That's the actual one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really. Cool. I mean, I didn't tell me that. I would have taken a picture. I it, told it's, you. it's one of yeah, many. Fucking, I thought it was wow. a replica. I did not know that. I thought it was just showing the costumes. Wow. No, it's it's one of many. Like costumes, I'm sure they wore. I like but how it's there. Yeah, I like how the costumes were good and fitting, and they were not distracting from the movie. You're like, right. Emma Stone looks cute in that dress. Ryan Gosling looks really good in that suit, and they fit so well that you weren't distracted by them. And I hope the Academy notices that, which they will. They're experts, uh, and and gives this one. And a it's not just also, the two yeah. main characters; it's all of the side characters. Yes. Also, whoever did the color correction in that movie. Really did a great job. Color correction yeah. should be an Oscar. It was sure. it was so good. It was like everything, all the colors popped out. Everything made sense. It was just it was just really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and props to that guy. Yeah. Uh, for for directing, like Damien Chazelle, this was his second movie. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know, this is so good for a second movie. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, uh, I and mean, Whiplash was good for the first Whiplash movie. Was good. Yeah, they're both just objectively good movies. Uh, whether or not it's first or second. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who directed Manchester by the Sea? Does it say? Um, Kenneth La- it? Lonergan. Yeah. Lonergan. Isn't he the guy who, A, played... Um... You're thinking of Kenny Loggins. No, there. no, no. <laughs> he, 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 he did not, he's not Danger Zone. Um, he's the guy who played... Uh, oh, God, what was it? Some He had some role in, like... Um, he he was in Gangs of New York. I don't know. Yeah, if that yeah, works. yeah. He's a playwright, screenwriter, and director. Oh no no no! I was thinking of someone else. I was thinking of Kenneth. Um, Kenny Loggins. Branagh or whoever. Oh his name yeah, is. Kenneth Branagh. He did Hamlet. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamlet. yeah and he yeah. also directed uh, Thor. Yes. And also was in Harry Potter and the um, Chamber of Secrets. I okay. was thinking of him. Who was Never he mind. in Chamber of Secrets? He was uh, Gildery Lockhart. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was thinking of him. Uh, film editing. Uh, like La La Land is a good shot. All the other ones also have good shots. Like they're all really good. I right. think. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Where are you? Um, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, so now these are two that uh, I think we could spend some time talking about. Original score. I think La La Land has this one in the in the park. Just I fr- frankly, if they don't win, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. Honest, I, I mean, like I understand if that's the sweep category. Yeah. Like, right. and La also La La in the original song, two out of the five nominations are La La Land. Oh, I didn't even notice City. I feel like between City of Stars and The Fools Who Dream, City of Stars is more likely to win. I really like Audition though. Really, I, I really like Audition. That's, that as might well. be my. It's one of. It's one of, if really? not my favorite. Songs. I liked it, but it wasn't. It wasn't at the it's top. It's the most musical sounding song. It, I think that, that, can't stop what... the feeling by Justin Timberlake from the movie. Yeah, Trolls. of course that one. That one. That, one's, that one's a huge hit on the radio and whatnot. But as a song, I think. I definitely think that it should be one of the ones from La La Land. I will be happy if it's. I'll uh, be happy if it's either. Yeah, but I, I am personally rooting for uh, City of Stars. Because that one, it. that one has probably more meaning, more refrain. Like it, it come, it keeps mm-hmm. coming back in the movie, exactly. right? Which I think is a good uh, thing. Best picture. There's a lot of nominees: yeah. Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. That's a lot of nominations. Right. That is a lot. And you know what's? I love that Hidden Figures is on that list there's, because no, that's uh, that. That's honestly no. Well, not only have I heard that it's a good movie, but it also does highlight the those women who worked sh- on. Sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it highlights cool. no. It highlights. I've seen it though. It oh. highlights the women, mm-hmm. but also it it doesn't. I mean, it's just a movie to be like, hey, look at these women who are helping on the space program. Well, I don't know. I and think, I, and I then think that's the an, whole movie. I think there's nothing. It doesn't say any. It doesn't do anything. But I think there's it's there's okay. no way there's no way that Hidden Figures should win if Moonlight is nominated also. Okay, that's, yeah, fair. that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But I do think that it's... Because Moonlight has race in it, and it, it says something about it. I'm, right. Versus I'm glad Hidden Figures that just... Sh- and I, also something about a, sexuality in Moonlight, movie, too. But it's like, yeah. it's not... It, and, sure. I'm, I'm glad that at least it got the nomination. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Definitely. Uh, production design. I think La La Land probably has this one, though Arrival, Fantastic Beasts, you know, even Passengers... Oh, Passengers. That's for some the Chris re- Pratt movie. For some reason, Hail Caesar is yeah, on there. Yeah, I was like, Hail Caesar? <laughs> I didn't know that came that out was... this year. Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
wasn't passengers didn't passengers not get positive reviews? No, it has it has bad but reviews. But like you're on but a spaceship this, and it looks cool. This is this design. is production design though. Yeah. But so I know, but but it's it was also in another category. Which I think, of course, Chris, well, I'm sure it Chris had Pratt other and stuff in it. Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, I like. As I mean, I mean, Chris Pratt and Guardians of the Galaxy, I like. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's and, and J Law, I like. But it's odd to me that Passengers was nominated for more than one category at the Oscars if it was not a good movie. What else movie. was it nominated for? It was nominated for. Scroll back up. There was something else. It was there was production design. And I think it was under. I think it was maybe costume design. Original score. For Original her. score. Oh, but Thomas Newman is great. I'm he sure. Did, he okay. did a bunch of Disney. Right. Like it, those parts, I'm not very uh, surprised with. Mm-hmm. Um, sound editing and sound mixing. I feel like La La Land also has both of these in the park. I, I, I don't think know. It has the word sound or music in it. Yeah, I basically. Feel like it's safe to say La La yeah. Land. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Star Wars Rogue One uh, also has a visual. Visual right, effects. Let's go down to visual effects because. Okay, we got. Uh, I've seen. Oh, it's gonna, I've seen all of those movies. I'm going to go ahead and say that it's going to be Kubo and the Two Strings, um, but I could be wrong. Uh, well, I, think I would that'll... maybe say it's Rogue One. I Rogue would... One had <laughs> the best. Okay, Rogue One was really. Right, good have you too. seen? Yeah. Have you guys seen Deepwater Horizon? Uh, I saw yeah. clips of it, it from has... the person next to me on my flight over to New York oh, from San Francisco. It has really incredible special effects. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Not, like that. That being said, I don't think it's a fantastic movie. It's it's a good movie. Is it starring Mark Wahlberg? It's starring Mark Wahlberg. Okay. And I, I like the movie. I don't think it's fantastic. But I think the visual effects are very good. So it's like an Avatar situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's better than Avatar. Avatar is not really a good movie in the at all. <laughs> writing <laughs> writing for adapted screenplay. Uh, so La La Land was an original screenplay. Good Woo. but up for original screenplays. Heck Woo. yeah. Uh, so that means it can't be it, it, it can't be an adapted. Arrival, I know that the original story is really good. I wouldn't be surprised. But then Lion and Moonlight... Uh, are and even fences don't are, discount. Yeah, fences. Fences yeah. real good. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this one could be a toss up. I don't know enough about any of these right. movies to make a specific decision. Mm-hmm. Though I would really like to see original I, is for sure. La La Land or Manchester. Well, ori- I think yeah. original. It, Hell or High Water is nominated. I haven't seen that yet, yeah. but I've heard it's pretty good. You know, from so. I, I feel like it'll be a toss up between La La Land and Manchester by the Sea, and if maybe they, the Lobster. But yeah. frankly, the Lobster is so good. If yeah. the Academy. Took to La La Land, I think it's going to be La La Land. Uh, if the Academy ends up taking to Manchester by the Sea, uh, then I think it'll be Manchester by the Sea uh, in a lot of the categories that Manchester and La La Land were both nominated for. Yeah, because like I said, those two are very good movies, very, very good movies, but for different reasons, you know? I think that that's that it, the, the Academy has to consider that when... Uh, weighing those two. And well, let's and talk about this the, one. The final thing we're going to talk about today, in, in our at least in our Oscars section, is the makeup and hairstyling category. We got three nominees. We got A Man Called Ove. Uh, we got Star Trek Beyond. And we have, say Su- it with me, Suicide, suicide Squad. squad. Suicide what are we? Squad. Some kind of Suicide Squad. What are we, getting some kind of Oscar for makeup and hairstyling? Because two people had faces with makeup on Look, them? look, I can see it, though. I can see it. <laughs> Dude, because... Star Trek Beyond had some dank makeup, people. too. No, if I can, Killer Croc was just a dude. I feel like the one that we haven't seen, a man called Ove. I feel like that's gonna win because the other two had. I feel like they were reaching for things. Uh, Let's Google a man. Star Trek. I'm pretty sure Star Trek gets uh, makeup and hairstyling like a nomination every time it comes out, just because the aliens. But has it won? I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, Oh, did they make someone look old? If they made someone look old, it's over. I think they made this guy look old. Yeah, I think I think they may have made him look old, which might mean that it's gonna get it. Well, I no. doubt that would get it. That's not that hard anymore. Yeah, but you know, they they nominated. Did you guys ever see Bad Grandpa, the Johnny Knoxville movie? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh that God. got nominated for a makeup and hairstyling Oscar because they made Johnny Knoxville look like that old pervy guy. Wow, it was lit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't say anything. I don't know anything about movie visual effects. So I, I used to like be really into it, and I used to do a bunch of After Effects stuff. So I I. I like visual effects. I, w- I won't be surprised if Rogue One wins for visual effects, to be honest, because that... Those were that, good. I, the I mean, it's a scene, Star Wars movie. Yeah, so. it's a Star Wars movie. It's a Star, it's a Star Wars, Wars movie. Right. So, anyway, I, we've been talking about movies for about forever. an hour. Yeah, the, this oh, is... I will, I'll go ahead and say this, this is like this, our... This Oscars discussion, I think, is, the is Oscar quite This is the Oscar show. Of the movie, of the, um, of you know, podcast. thank you for listening. Uh, I think we're, we'll move best, on. Best podcast Oscar goes to... Not ours. Not us. Not us. <laughs> yeah, I'll give Fucking it to you. Fucking any other, any other, any podcast. other podcast. You know, <laughs> we weren't even nominated. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, well, according to me, we're the best podcast. Oh, I yeah, appreciate vote, that. Vote for us Just on kidding. The I really streamies. like. I don't know. Nick, I really if you were like the Academy. Boy, we'd be in for. Ooh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> should we? 
should we do our votes? I feel like we don't know enough about. I don't, all I these don't movies. know enough. Uh, yeah, I don't know enough about all. I'd the like movies. to see them all. Yeah. I know what I've been told about some of the ones that I have either seen or have heard of, but I don't know all of them. Will so. Will and I are thinking of doing this thing where you you get one ticket. Uh, it's not like a sneaky thing. Like they're selling like one ticket, and, and then they show you like all the Oscar nominated yeah, it's, movies. It's, it's over like thirty five dollars, and it's a it's like a three day weekend. And it's just they play all the Oscar nominated yeah. movies, so and if, you just go to the ones you want. If see. we do that, we'll do a brief section in next in a couple weeks uh, that specifically talks about how we would vote. So uh, that concludes our Oscars section and our spoilers section. Uh, thank you for putting up with an hour of us listening this bullshit, to this stuff. I hope you enjoyed uh, the movies, and I hope you like movies because we talk about movies a lot. All the time. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the movie special of TLDR. Uh, We'll be back to your regularly scheduled, highly movie-focused, but not fully movie-focused programming next week. Uh, If you have any... um, If if you have any any comments, leave them below. If you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, leave a review. Um, We would love to hear your thoughts uh, about what you want to hear us talk about. Are we going to be on SoundCloud and iTunes? Uh, I'm going to try, you know, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, you know, thank you so much for listening. Uh, You know, hit us up, subscribe to our iTunes podcast. It really helps us out. Um, I've been Nick. I've I've been Will. I'm Steven. I'm Peter. Thank you for listening to TLDR. uh, Leave a a like, leave a comment, leave a video response, leave a podcast, leave a water (laughs) bottle. Just Just do it. Just do it. Nick just tried a water bottle flip and he missed. This is the end of the podcast. If Bye, everyone. If you want Steven to close next time, vote now with your phone. Steven, fuck you. Everyone shut up. How are we going to edit this in?